All right, all right, here we are again. God bless you. Let us use for a subject, God in trials, God in temptations, and God in triumph. God in trials, God in temptations, and God in triumph. Now, I want to use the scripture, Genesis, the 37th chapter, and oh my God, it has to be at least, I believe, 30 some odd verses. I obviously am not going to read that, but I want you to turn to it. If you are someplace where you can use your phone or your Bible at home or whatever, and also turn to Psalms 105, 1 through 22. Now, I will be referring to these scriptures, but so that I don't make the message extremely long, I'm not going to read it. We are talking about God in trials, God in temptations, and God in triumph. A lot of people are under the impression that God is missing in action. God is not available when we need him. When we're going through our trials, God seems to do an exit stage left, and that couldn't be more wrong. And you know that comes from the devil. And then we think that when we're going through our temptations, that God is just not there. He's like standing by waiting to see what we're going to do. No, he's right there with us. And of course, God is there in our triumph and will be with us in our ultimate triumph. And the Lord wants us to understand this. But the only way you can grasp this and understand it is you have to read his word. You have to hear good solid preaching. You have to be led by the unctions of the Holy Spirit. So many people are under the impression that the world is out of control. I mean, they just believe that the world is just, it's a lost call. There's nothing anybody can do. And that couldn't be more true. Now, the Bible says that the world would wax worse, and it has, and it's going to. But it is not out of control to the point where God cannot deal with it. And of course, when he gets to that point, we already know he's going to rapture us. And and then he will deal with it. So you have to know the word before you start making these kinds of comments. If God has a plan, this is what people are saying. This is what people believe. Then Satan, the devil, has ruined it. He's intervened, and now the devil is in control, and he's just working his evil schemes like a knitted sweater. Now, that all sounds great. That all sounds real prophetical, if you please. Uh, I mean, you, you, you can say what you want about it, but it ain't true. Doesn't matter what the devil does. He can't ruin God's plan, but that's what the devil would have people to believe. And I'm going to tell you something. Let's just say there's 10 million people. We know there's a lot more. The devil doesn't care if he can only get 1 million of them. The other 9 million think, well, I lost them, but at least I'm going to get these million. And those million souls count. And that's what we're trying to do today is to make sure you're not one of those people in that 1 million who the devil beguiles, who the devil misleads. Huh? It says, for you to think that you, you the, the way I just mentioned, 
you, you apparently don't know God intimately. And this is what God is trying to do. He's trying to get you to know him on an intimate basis so that you can know he is with you in your trials. He is with you in your temptations and he will be with you in trial. And now understand something. God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. And God is omniscient. He knows everything. We are the ones who are limited, not God. The devil would have us believe that God is limited, but it's just not true. The devil would have us believe that God is not supreme or sovereign. That is not true. The devil, that's what he does. He passes out stuff that is not true. So don't get mad at him when he's doing what he does. That's who he is. Don't you know people like that? When they come to a party, you already know. You might as well put a blanket over your head because it's going to get dark. That's who they are. They they cast a, a, a blanket over everything good. That's just their personality. You don't want to be around them. You don't want that to happen. Get away from them. And And, and listen, you do know that when you have to belittle someone, I mean, talking about, I'm talking about somebody else, somebody not you, just to make yourself look good, the problem is not with them, but the problem is with you. And that's what the devil does. God is God. And no one nor anything can take that away from him. And listen, no matter what we go through in this life, and we're all going through something, you have to know and still believe that God has your back no matter what. And that he will never leave you nor forsake you. The songwriter said, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to to trust in God. I've learned to depend upon his word. Did you hear me? I've learned. This didn't did just happen overnight. I've learned. Over the time, over what I've gone through, I've learned to depend upon his word. See, when, when, the, when, the, when the writer of Is It Well With My Soul, for those of you who haven't heard that, this man was wealthy. He had three daughters, one son, and a wife. And the son got a disease and died. And he was working so hard in his business and real estate and what have you until he decided, you know what, let's go on vacation, hon. You and the girls go ahead and I'm going to come later when I close this last deal. I'm going to sign these papers and I'll be there. Well, while the wife and the daughters were on a ship en route to where they were going, that something happened, and, and the ship overturned, and all three girls were killed. And the wife had to send him a telegram letting him know that she was the only one left. I mean, now he's already lost a son. Now he's lost three daughters. And, and, and this is what he wrote when he wrote this song, It Is Well With My Soul. You don't just, just give up on God because you're going through something. And look at the, what this man was going through. This is real. This is the writer of this song. Though Satan should buffet, 
And though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Wow. He's writing a song after losing three daughters and a son. God doesn't leave us when we are going through our trials. He's standing right there with us. He puts his arm around us and he actually makes us stronger if we let him. If we're not distracted because we're angry, because we're upset, because we're despondent. And the devil picks on all those things and, and gets us to run off. And we run away from God, but then we claim God ran away from us. God doesn't skip out of us when we're going through our temptations, when we're going through our trials, when we lose our job, when we get fired, when we're going through a divorce, when we're going through relationship issues, when our teen is pregnant, when our teen is on drugs, when we've been told we have cancer. God doesn't run off. But unfortunately, we do. For some of us, it seems like it's one crisis after another. I mean, daily. Oh, day, just like a blizzard in, in a snowstorm. Huh? And, and, and listen, listen, listen. We just keep getting hit. In the face, I'm talking about. Huh? It's in these moments of pain and suffering, and of tension, and discomfort, that we must rely on God. We must believe that God is who he says he is. Huh? We cannot, and we must not, allow our circumstances to define God for us. Because if you do, you're going to fall by the wayside. Because our circumstances change all the time. All throughout the Bible, God gave us witnesses to this effect. And this is where your scripture comes in, in, in uh, uh, the 37th of, uh, of, of, of Genesis. Huh? The same God that dealt with Joseph, his own brothers, sold him into slavery after attempting to kill him. And Joseph still believed God. He still believed God was good. He still believed God was loving, even though the current circumstances obviously dictated otherwise. One thing after another was ripped from Joseph's life. To the point where he had no good things at all. I mean, they just stripped him away. No comforts from home. Falsely accused. Wrongly imprisoned. Now, now, this is after his own brothers got upset. Because he told them he saw them bowing down to him. And they decided to kill him. Then they changed their mind. Sold him into slavery. 
And then where he's working at, the woman accuses him of rape. You know the story. And if you don't, read 37 Psalms. I don't have time to go into the whole details of it. Huh? You're talking about injustice. Oh, my God. Joseph lived for years, and I said years, with no visible evidence that God was working out things for his good. Where was Romans 8, 28? All things work together for good, for those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to his word. Where was that at? Huh? And nevertheless, Joseph held firmly to his faith. He held firmly to the fact that I know that God is loving and that he's got his eyes on me. And that even though I'm going through trials, and even though I'm going through tribulations, and even though I'm going through temptations, I know that I'm going to triumph with God to help. Wow. Wow. Are you hearing me? Why would Joseph do this? Why would he believe this? Because Joseph believed God. And he believed God would and God could intervene in his life when he felt it was best. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. When he felt it was good for Joseph and good for God's purposes. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You see, Joseph knew the word. And he knew just like in Psalms 105, though a thousand generations pass God never forgets his promise. 105 and 8 Psalms. God would never forget his covenant with Abraham, his great-grandfather, and with Isaac, his grandfather. As far as Joseph was concerned, you have to look at verse 11 there in that 11. Remember, I gave you the scriptures earlier. He said it was a never-ending treaty. Now, this wasn't just about land and such. Huh? Come on. In, 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 in order to apply the word, especially in critical times, you have to know the word. You ain't, no, ain't, no, ain't no reading the Bible when you're going through something. You have to have already read it. You, you got to have something in the treasury. You got to have something in the, in the bank. So when you're going through something, you just pull up the reserves. Ain't no, ain't no reading it right then. Ain't no praying right then. You got to be prayed up. Huh? And don't forget, all this started all because he was having dreams as led by the Holy Spirit of, 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 his, of his brothers bowing down to it. You don't have to. I mean, listen to me. Listen to me. Just because you live right, just because you give right, just because you talk right, just because you are right, doesn't mean folk going to treat you right. If they did it to the green tree, behold, what shall they do to the dry? What does that mean? I don't mean to be philosophical on you. I'm just giving you scriptures. If they did it to Jesus and talked about him and lied on him, you think you're going to escape? No, if he went through it, you're going to go through it. Huh? And nevertheless, through our trials, through our temptations, and Joseph, through his trials, and through his temptations, and he, he went through that, Joseph knew that triumph would eventually come.
Oh my God. Wow. I, what a perfect example. And this is what made Joseph currently and presently feel like he felt. It was based on what he knew. It was based on what he believed. Huh? And he applied what he knew. He applied what he believed. And that's where a lot of us suffer today. We got problems because we're not reading the word. We're listening to all this screaming preaching uh, and all this singing preaching, but we don't know the word. And so when we get ready to go through our stuff, like we all go through, there's no word to apply. And therefore we go deeper into the depths of what we're dealing with in our circumstances and we get despondent and we get depressed and the devil then comes in and says, see, see, where's God? And we believe him. And we run off and do what the devil wants us to do. And now we got two problems. Our original problem and what we just started. Thinking we're going to put this, this salve on, on our issues. And that salve is alcohol. That salve is illicit activity. Uh, you, you, do you want me to get deep with this? I don't think you do. Joseph made his choices based on preparing for the future from what God had promised him back in Genesis 37. He knew the word. Huh? So, so just in case you missed some of this, Joseph, like all of us, lived much of his life in tension. He lived much of his life in disparity. He lived much of his life going through trials and temptations. But Joseph believed God was right there. God in his trials, God in his temptations. And his experiences didn't seem to match up with the promises that God made to him. But Joseph did not give up. He clung unswervingly to his faith. Oh my God. Just like Horatio Spafford, who wrote that song, lost his son, lost his three daughters, but he did not allow his circumstances to alter his beliefs or dictate his choices. He took his wife, he hugged her, and he said, we're going to hold on to God and God's going to get us through this. And we're going to see our kids on the other side when we get there. Yes, trials and hardships, just like they came for Horatio Spafford, just like they came for Joseph, they are coming for us if we are not already there. That's a certainty of life. We're going to go through some mess. That's what this life is. A whole lot of mess. Yes, there are going to be ups, but there's also going to be downs. And you listen to these preachers and they tell you, you just going to have a life that's just up, up, up and just going to be cherry pie and, and, and just going to be wonderful. <laughs> you can believe that if you want to. That is not true. And, and, and then you get despondent when you when you think that's ish, that's it. And then it doesn't happen. So then you think you can run off and do some stuff and that's going to make you feel better. That's of the devil. Huh? 
Listen, listen, listen. You cannot let what goes on in your life have the power to shape and control your future. Our faith ought to rest securely in the character of God who is trustworthy and who has proven himself over and over again. This same God promises us that he is God in our trials with all this stuff we're going through, all this stuff we're going to go through. He was right there when we went through it before. And he is God in our temptations. When the world says, well, do this and you'll feel better. Don't you believe it? God is right there. And God wants you to lean on him. He wants you to depend on him. He wants you to trust him. Not these things the world is offering you. When your flesh, when the world, and when the devil offer you stuff, you got to know this is not good for me. I don't want that. And turn to God. And what will he do? He'll get you to triumph. And he'll be right there to say, thank you for looking to me and not looking to your flesh, not looking to the world, not looking to the devil, not looking to your circumstances. You might be out of a job right now, but God is going to come through. You might be looking for a spouse right now, but when God gets you right, he's going to get you the right person. Some of you wonder why you can't find nobody because God don't want you to find nobody yet because you ain't right yet. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't last. God got to get you right first. Huh? Now you might not like the sound of that, but it is what it is. Huh? Come what may from day to day. You've got to go with God all the way. You can't lose your praise. Because you're going through something. You can't lose your praise because you don't like how long God is taking fixing your situation. You got to keep your praise and know that God is God no matter what. I'm not going to stretch this out. I mean, if, if I got to do that, I might as well go on and, and talk about a whole lot of things uh, uh, personal that I know for a fact of why a lot of us cannot be blessed. Because we're not accepting the fact that God is in our trials. Come on, choir. We're not accepting the fact that God is in our trials. Huh? That God is in our temptations. Huh? You, you, you've got to know all along that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And when you know that, when you believe that, it doesn't matter what you go through because you already know that God is going to be right by your side. And I appeal to you right now, the doors of the church are open. Wherever you are, those of you sitting here, those of you in your car, those of you at work, those of you at home, you might be walking down the street with 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 with, with something an iPod on your on your ears. Wherever you are, the the doors of the church. You know what the church is? It's not this building. It's not these four walls. The church is where two or three are gathered in His name. You and the Holy Spirit and whoever else. And I appeal to you right now. 
I'm saying, let God, let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit into your heart. And know without a shadow of a doubt that no matter what you're going through, God is with you. He's with you in your trials. He's with you in your temptations. And he will be with you in your triumph. And in that ultimate triumph, oh my God, when the rapture comes and we disappear in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, oh my God, hallelujah. You do not want to be here when 21 plagues come. Seals, bowls, and trumpets. Have you read the word? Oh my God. Go back and, and look at some of my messages on end time events. You do not want to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm giving a warning right now. Let God take you through your trials. Let God take you through your temptations. And let God take you into triumph. Let us pray. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this message. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And God, whatever we're going through, we know you're with us. And we know you will see us through. And we know that you are going to help us so that it works for our good and for your purpose. We don't have to like it. We don't have to understand it. But we do have to trust you and know that it's going to be all right. So, Father, hold our hand right now. Put your loving arms around us and give us assurance and reassurance and comfort and peace. And work this out for us. As in your own way, as you see fit. In the name of Jesus, oh God. This is our prayer. We thank you for the answer and the blessing. Amen. This is Faith Worth Finding Ministries Weekly Encouragements by Namware. God bless you. Won't you tell a friend? <laughs>